It's Tuesday, May 14th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the controversies surrounding facial recognition software. San Francisco is making moves to ban the technology for local police, and other cities are taking note. Then, Attorney General William Barr wants to investigate how the Mueller investigation got started. We'll give you the details. And finally, why the internet is flipping out about an animated aardvark. We're here to make your Tuesday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's show is brought to you by Honey, the smartest way to save when you shop online. The most complicated story today is about surveillance from cameras. You can see cameras everywhere, on the street corner, at the office, on your phone. And in some places, police and businesses have begun adding new software to cameras to try to figure out who exactly you are, using something called facial recognition software. But it's controversial, even among some tech enthusiasts. One of the tech-savviest cities on the planet is on the verge of banning some controversial technology for law enforcement. Today, San Francisco could become the first city in the country to ban the use of facial recognition technology. It bans city and county law enforcement from using facial recognition technology. San Francisco's Board of Supervisors is going to hold a vote on it today. So we're going to get into it. What is facial recognition tech? Where is it being used right now? And what are the arguments for and against it? Facial recognition data is a type of biometric data, which is information about anything on your body or in your behavior that is unique to you. That includes things like your fingerprints, your palm print, your voice, your DNA. Most people have seen facial recognition software before. Facebook uses it to help you tag your friends in pictures. And Apple has it. It's how your iPhone X unlocks when you look at it. Really quickly, here's how face recognition software works. First, the software has to recognize that the image it's looking at is a face. Then, using computer algorithms, it scans your face for specific details that make it unique. Finally, just like with fingerprints, the software compares that image to a massive database of other images to find a match. That database varies, depending on who's scanning your face. If that technology is on Facebook, it's comparing the picture to the images you or your friends have posted. If the database belongs to the police, it could include mugshots or other surveillance images or even driver's license photos. It's already being used by some law enforcement agencies across the country, and big tech is getting in on it. Amazon created software called Recognition, with a K. They've already sold it to law enforcement agencies in places like Oregon. Even Taylor Swift's security team has used facial recognition software to track down stalkers at our concerts. Tracking down criminals sounds like a good idea, but people also have big concerns about this technology. The first is the problem of misidentification. The tech is still really wonky. You know how sometimes Facebook thinks a picture of your cousin is your mom? That happens with technology used by law enforcement too. A recent report found that facial recognition technology at airports only worked 85% of the time. Also, things like growing a beard or standing in a weird light can cause facial recognition technology to misidentify someone. And people are worried that could lead to a bunch of wrongful arrests, and the people arrested would have to prove they're innocent. One teenager is suing Apple over this. He claims the company used facial recognition tools to implicate him in a bunch of thefts that he didn't commit. 
the police showed up to his door to arrest him before realizing he wasn't the culprit. And there's a racial bias. Facial recognition software has a bad habit of misidentifying women and people of color. Last year, the ACLU tested out Amazon's recognition software. It falsely matched 28 members of Congress with criminal mugshots, many of whom were minorities. Other tech companies are responding. Microsoft has refused to sell facial recognition software to a police department in California because they said it could lead to people of color being misidentified. Google has said it will not sell the technology until its potential for abuse is fixed. And they're both pointing to the fact that there could be bigger human rights issues here. Like the concern about privacy and whether face recognition is the metaphorical equivalent of a police search. A couple of years ago, Berlin started testing facial recognition software using a handful of volunteers at a train station to see if it could be used to track criminals or terrorists. Officials haven't answered a lot of questions about it, and now more people are coming out against the testing, saying they're worried it's invading the privacy of people who didn't volunteer and using their face data without permission. So back to San Francisco. The proposed ban on facial recognition software would just be for local authorities. It wouldn't extend to businesses or federal agencies at places like the airport. Some airlines across the country have actually already been using face recognition as a kind of paperless boarding pass. Smile and fly. Handy. But what people might not know is that the data collected by the airline gets sent to the government, to Customs and Border Patrol. And they keep that data for up to two weeks if you're a citizen and 75 years if you're not. CBP says it's trying to be more transparent and is allowing citizens to opt out. So what's the skim? Globally, a bunch of countries are trying this out. China is using facial recognition tech to call out jaywalkers in the street and report them to the police, and to collect info on people to give them a social rating like you have on Uber. But that's not all. They're also racial profiling, using facial recognition to track down and monitor an ethnic minority called the Uyghurs. China's keeping an estimated million Uyghurs in detention. In the US, San Francisco isn't alone. Cities like Oakland, California, and Somerville, Massachusetts are also considering bans. And California's state legislature is considering a ban on facial recognition software in police body cameras. And in Congress, there's a bipartisan bill that would prevent businesses from collecting facial recognition data from customers without their permission. Because facial recognition software isn't just being used so police can track suspects and Facebook can tag your mom. Stores want to track your face to know what you buy, so they can get you to buy more things. This bill would make it so your face won't give you away unless you give the okay. The Department of Justice is looking at a different case of surveillance. That story's next. Honey is a free tool that connects to your computer's browser. While you shop online, it scans the internet for coupon codes and automatically applies the biggest savings to your card at checkout. It's shopping. Smarter. Look, there's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use and easy to install on your computer in just two clicks. Don't take it from me. Take it from our listeners. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash skim this. That's joinhoney.com slash skim this. Now that special counsel Robert Mueller's report is all wrapped up, it's time for the prequel. 
Attorney General Bill Barr has asked the U.S. attorney in Connecticut, John Durham, to investigate how the FBI's Russia probe got started in the first place and whether the methods they used were legal. Okay, here's the backstory. During the 2016 election, the FBI, under the Obama administration, got warrants to keep tabs on a few of Trump's campaign staffers. Guys like Paul Manafort and Michael Flynn and George Papadopoulos, who had sketchy connections to Ukraine and Russia. The FBI wanted to see if the campaign was trying to coordinate with Russia to interfere in the election. After Trump was elected, special counsel Robert Mueller was brought in to follow up on the FBI's investigation. That investigation wrapped in April. Afterwards, Attorney General Barr was on Capitol Hill and said he wanted to look at why the FBI surveillance had been ordered in the first place. I think spying on a political campaign is a big deal. It's a big deal. Senator Gene Shaheen asked if he was suggesting that the FBI had spied. I, I think there was a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur. Well, let me... But the uh, question is whether it was predicated, adequately predicated. And I'm not suggesting it wasn't adequately predicated, but I'd need to explore that. Meaning whether there was a good reason to do it. To be clear, this surveillance had been authorized by a court. But Republicans have been ringing the bell, saying the whole thing was fabricated by the Obama administration to undermine Trump. That's where John Durham of Connecticut comes in. As a prosecutor... Durham has a history of investigating alleged misconduct by national security officials. He's done that for both Republican and Democratic administrations during his 37 years at the Justice Department. So how are people reacting to the news that he's taking on the FBI in this case? Trump and his supporters are pretty pumped. Like we said, they've been calling for an investigation of the investigators. Prominent Democrats aren't saying much. But this is a big deal if you take a step back. Durham's is now at least the third investigation into the origins of the FBI's original counterintelligence probe of the Trump campaign and potential ties to Russia. The other two are being led by the FBI's inspector general and the U.S. attorney in Utah. And according to new reports out this afternoon, Durham may actually be working directly with Attorney General Barr, who's reportedly also roped in the FBI director, the director of the CIA, and the director of national intelligence. So the prequel could get interesting. Now, we've got a pretty big PSA. Update WhatsApp. Actually, our tech team would say to update all your apps. But back to WhatsApp. They announced that a security flaw on the app allowed hackers to install surveillance software on users' devices. Oops. It's a major cybersecurity breach for an app that's been known for safe communication, since all messages and phone calls are encrypted. Here's what we know. An Israeli firm was reportedly behind the surveillance software. The firm, called NSO Group, has been accused of selling spying software to foreign governments in the past, including ones that don't have the best track record when it comes to human rights. WhatsApp's tech team apparently found the breach earlier this month, but they didn't tell anyone about it till yesterday. That's when they pushed out a fix and told people to update their apps. About 1.5 billion people have WhatsApp around the world. But the app, which is owned by Facebook, says it was too early to know how many were affected by the hack. The 
Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from your favorite animated aardvark. The children's cartoon Arthur kicked off its new season yesterday on PBS. And to celebrate, Arthur's beloved teacher, Mr. Ratburn, got married to Patrick, a male chocolatier. Arthur said Mr. Ratburn deserved to be with someone who is nice, kind, and fun to be with. Aww. Tons of people, including the LGBTQ advocacy group GLAAD, congratulated the cartoon couple on Twitter. But what was most surprising for a lot of people was that the show is still on the air after 22 seasons. So congrats on that, too. And that's all for Skim This. In case you didn't know, we have our first book, How to Skim Your Life, coming out in June. It'll help you navigate some of the less glamorous parts of being an adult. Think personal finances, getting what you want out of your career, and picking the right bottle of wine at a restaurant. Pre-order your copy at theskim.com book. By the way, it makes a great graduation gift. 